Welcome to Sometimes There's Side-Eye, a podcast about two friends having real and unfiltered conversations about dogs and people. Listen as we talk about our lives with dogs, training, behavior, share some laughs, and a whole lot of banter. I'm Heather. And I'm Christy. And this week, we are going to talk about dog insurance. But first, if you haven't done so already, feel free to pause your podcast and subscribe, review, and or share us with friends so we can continue providing interesting content. This was Christy's topic. Yeah, you can. Yeah, so the reason I wanted to do insurance was total honesty and transparency going through a lot with Lucy right now. So in the last six weeks, Lucy has racked up $5,200 worth of vet bills. Yikes. Um, Yeah. So that was a surgery. And then right now she's going through some gastrointestinal stuff that we cannot quite get a hold of and figure out yet. But in talking to my vet, I think if she came out and she she was almost so apologetic, like that she had to run extra tests and they they mm. kept her all day and it was another $900 for the services they provided in a day. And I just looked at her and I said, you deserve to get paid for what you do. Yes. You, you provide a service and it's a good service. And I trust my vet. And, and she said, thank you. Literally nobody ever says that, Christy. Yeah. Which really got me. And I think insurance is important because it takes money off the table. Yeah. It just allows us to provide the best healthcare options for our dogs mm-hmm. in a timely manner. Yeah. Uh, and I think with insurance, it just every I don't think people realize that the equipment vets use is the same equipment that human doctors human use. Human doctors use, yeah. Yeah. So, so you would expect to go to a human doctor and pay a lot for different tests, x-rays, MRI machines, whatever. But when we talk about doing it for our dogs, we expect that cost to be so much less, Yeah. but that's not how it translates to veterinary offices. Yeah. Veterinary. We're going to, I mean, get dive deep into Remy as an example, but Just in relation to this, I mean, I basically had the same surgery that Remy had, and my hospital bill was $33,000 for my surgery, and Remy's was $8,000. And my surgery didn't include an MRI. I had already had that. Remy's surgery included the MRI. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought it it was important to kind of talk about and And I've also gotten a lot of questions recently about insurance because my brother just got a new dog. A coworker just got a new dog. So several people in my life have gotten new dogs or new to them dogs. I've gotten a lot of questions about insurance. So I thought it was timely. I actually was a person who never did the insurance game because we've always had so many dogs. So, you know, my husband and I have had up to five dogs at one time, never again. But during that time, when I would think about, oh, $55 a month per dog or whatever, that really adds up, right? So, and when we first started acquiring those dogs, insurance wasn't a thing. We got Layla in 2004 and Back then, you didn't talk about that type of thing. I don't even know if it existed. And then as we acquired more dogs, it just didn't feel like something that we could pay every single month. 
$55 times five dogs, geez yeah. Louise. But now that I have had some of the massive expenses that I have had with our dogs over the years, I have at this point made the statement that I will never own a dog again without dog insurance, unless there's some sort of other better option out there. And I do advise all of my puppy clients to immediately insure their puppy. So I think that we should dive deep into what that looks like for examples for people in regards to our own personal situations to just give them some food for thought. And then we can kind of give them some of the tips or research, you know, information that we found when we were preparing for this episode. Yeah, definitely. So to start, I do have insurance. So we are sponsored by any insurance company. Although if anyone's (laughs) listening and wants to sponsor us, let us know. Let us know. (laughs) We're going to give you real experience with people we know or our own personal experience. Yes. So I, I have nationwide and I have that because my work gives a discount, which Um, I actually happen to have them beforehand, but my work gives a better, better rate. So my insurance is I pay a $250 deductible a year, and then they cover 90% of anything else beyond that. And then how much is your monthly premium? So things to consider your monthly premium goes up a little bit each year. So I think when I started, it was like $45, but now Lucy's old. And so it is $66 a month right now for her insurance. But I don't think all insurance companies do that because I don't think Jackson's went up. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so hers goes up a little bit each year. It's like a couple bucks. Yeah. But before you know, it's 66 bucks a year. And Lucy's monthly medications right now are $172 a month. Well, now. So right there, yeah. (laughs) I meet my deductible right away each year and it's worth it just to pay for that. So you want to think about if you're looking at insurance, how much of a deductible you have, because before I had it through work, I think my deductible was $350 and it paid 80% of everything. Uh And it was a cheaper rate then. Yeah. But I've had it through work for five years now. Oh, wow. Three or three to five years. Yeah. So all her health issues came after the 90%, which thank you. That sure um, is lucky. Yeah, really. Well, is. I suppose that's yeah. how you like, <laughs> we'd rather not have the health issues. <laughs> right, right. But it, so if you're thinking like, if, I would definitely check with your work if you're yes. thinking about insurance, first of all, see if you guys have a discount. And then when looking at it too, look at what they cover. So there's a yeah. lot of things that insurances won't cover. One of the biggest problems is a lot of people say, oh, my dog tore their ACL. And so now I need insurance. What insurance can I get? Yeah. There's no insurance that's going to accept you with a pre-existing condition. Yeah. Well, not that's for that just... one anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That, so most insurance are going to ask you yes what what pre-existing conditions are there I didn't really know what they were asking so I told them like my dog has allergies sometimes which is a bummer because now like allergies yeah. if she does develop an allergy to something that's pretty severe I don't think it'll be covered I yeah. would have to call and find out but other insurances 
call and, and request your entire vet yes. uh, records. So they're going to find out if you have a problem and you're trying to cover it up, like, don't do that. Just be yeah. honest because they're probably going to find it. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, why you want to get the insurance situation together immediately. So that is whether you get a puppy or if you recently adopt a new dog, no matter the age, because if you, if we have no medical history on that dog, but they're six years old, their medical history is starting with you. So let's get the dog in, let's get them insured you can get your, you know, most of them have a waiting period. So you can get your waiting period out of the way. And then you can start from zero and be able to have good coverage for your pet, even if you're six years old when you adopt them. Yeah. And that waiting period is an important part. I don't think a lot of people realize that waiting period exists either. So I know with Nationwide, there's so many different plans. And my old plan was you had to have insurance for over, for a year before you could do like a major claim, like an ACL tear or something like that with the group insurance. that's not required. It's three months. So be sure to look at those things too. Yeah. Um, And if you think about it, don't get insurance and then take your dog in right away and be like, oh, now I have a nice nail tear. (laughs) And if you think about it, I mean, insurance companies are a business, right? So Mm -hmm. they want to make sure that if they're giving you a policy that you're not like, hey, I know my dog injured their knee, you know, their cruciate then I'm going to quick do this policy. And then three days later, I'm going to take them to an orthopedic surgeon. You know, this is why we're saying to you, if you get a new dog, no matter the age, make this first on your list. Oh, remember how we were talking about when you get a new dog, make a plan. Hey, insurance should be on your plan. (laughs) That should be on your list, whether it's a puppy or an adult adopted dog. And I think it's interesting to talk about, or we should know, I don't think it matters where your dog comes from. So my husband and I, throughout our 20 years together, have had, what did we determine, eight dogs together. And we have had dogs who have come from all different backgrounds, and we have adopted dogs at all different ages and stages of life. So out of those dogs, our healthiest dog was our first pit bull, Layla, who lived to be at the ripe old age of 15. We adopted her from a humane society when she was approximately six months old. In her lifetime, it would have been about $10,000 in insurance premiums if we had insured her every month for her lifetime. Honestly, I don't know that she had $15,000 in veterinary bills, which is kind of crazy to think about. But then again, when you have a healthy dog, you don't really think about those things either. She did have cruciate tears, but we were able to deal with them without surgery. And I mean, I think she had some x-rays throughout the years, you know, some blood work. I don't know, but I really don't feel like it was 10 grand, but that's one out of eight. (laughs) And Pretty much every other dog we've owned, it would have been worth having insurance for them. Specifically, I want to touch on Remy because her situation was one where we were truly in making a decision that was financial and would impact our life in a really big way. 
And we had a choice to make either we do the surgery or we euthanize her. So that was when Remy was about six years old and she blew her back. This is aside from any other chronic issues that Remy had. She had already torn a cruciate at this point. She had chronic allergies and was on very expensive medication. So this is just her back surgery. And literally it was, you know, me driving her to the neurosurgeon on a Saturday morning and being faced with an $8,000 bill to do an MRI. And if it was confirmed, which they felt pretty strongly that it was going to be a blown disc, that she would go right into surgery. So I had to make the choice of either spending the $8,000 or euthanizing her because at that point she had lost bladder function and she was not able to walk and she was in extreme pain. It would not have been right to, to keep her alive. I'm standing there with my friend and I'm looking at her and I'm like literally trying to figure out how to sell my soul, you know, to pay for this dog. And I ended up uh, applying for care credit. We had never had it prior to that. And so we applied for care credit. And thankfully, we were lucky enough that we were approved. The veterinary office also allowed you to finance half of the bill for 0% for 12 months. So you were essentially on a 12-month installment plan. You had to do automatic deductions from your checking account. So we ended up financing about $4,000 via care credit, 0% for one year. And we did $4,000 and our payment was basically a car payment. It was like almost $400 a month, you know, for 12 months. If you do the math, (laughs) we were paying almost $1,000 a month, you know, to pay this bill off in 12 months time. And we had four other dogs at home. No, three other dogs. Sorry. At that time, three other dogs. The gravity of that did not hit me until maybe two weeks later, because we also at that point had another senior. We really didn't have young dogs at all in our house. Essentially all of our dogs, Remy actually was our youngest dog. And so thinking about that, if we would have had another medical emergency in that 12 Mm -hmm. months with another dog, we would have Mm -hmm. been forced to make a really, really difficult decision. And Mm -hmm. we may have put ourselves in a really bad financial position. We were lucky enough that that didn't happen. And I am so, I'm freaking thankful that we could, you know, pull it off. But there were plenty of things in that year that we sacrificed to be able to pay that bill. And the worry (laughs) while we were paying that was pretty large because I knew that we were stretched to the nth degree. Thinking about just Remy's situation alone with that back surgery was enough to start me to, to begin thinking about the insurance situation. But again, at that point we had, you know, a very large multi-dog household and I didn't feel like it was feasible. So yeah. Yeah. What really gets me. We don't take it lightly that, I mean, I know $50 a month or $60 a month is not much when you compare it to the cost of the surgery. But I know that's a stretch for a lot of people too, uh, especially in today's climate and with the cost of things. So, so that's like, I don't want 
people to think we take that lightly either because you understood you you had multiple dogs in one home like you couldn't do the thousand dollar payments and then add like you know two hundred dollars of look that additional payment you know that was 2016 seven years prior to that there's no way in hell I could have even afforded to take her to the veterinary neurologist. Okay. So I completely understand. I just, if I can plan in some way to one, be able to give my dog every single option and not have to have money be a factor because I've been there and I I get it and it sucks, um, but it's real life. And to also not have to worry, you know, what if something happens? What if there's a catastrophe? You know, I've had every single orthopedic thing that is possible to happen to a dog happen to a dog at this point. And orthopedic shit is really expensive. And so I'm just kind of like, if I can get ahead of that and then just allow myself to focus on my dog's care, it feels like a relief to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And I think like what you said, it it doesn't really matter where you get your dog from either. Because in my mind, I I really thought, well, if you have a well-bred dog, why would you even need insurance? Because you're a Tiago. Yeah. Well, yes. That. But I, I also realized that, yes, a lot of Lucy's costs are because she's not clearly not well-bred her I mean she let me let me you want to run down the list why don't you run down the list Christy she's she's gone in for so a lot of it is not necessarily her surgeries although big chunks of it are so she's been in for a bee sting a spider bite that got infected an allergic reaction a hematoma, valley fever, her hematoma would not resolve either. So that valley fever, she's been, this is her second round of valley fever and we haven't had a lot of luck resolving that. And that is not a cheap um, drug. No, no. Her valley fever drug is $103 a month. Yeah. For that. And she's a smaller dog. She's only 50 pounds. She, yeah. Well, she's 50. No, you're right. She's 56 pounds. Oh, right. so she's a big girl. <laughs> Um, FYI, when, six, FYI, when Cash, when Cash was on, on fluconazole for Valley Fever back when he was alive, it was $300 a month. Yeah. Now like he was that alone. 80 pounds, but yeah, her noise sensitivity. So she has, um, phobia. So she's on meds for that, for fireworks. That's typically about a hundred bucks a pop every mm-hmm. new year's and <laughs> Fourth of July and, and she needs Easter visits. now. And Christmas. Easter now. Yeah, because we live in Arizona. So we have fireworks at every occasion. We, we literally Good Friday, fireworks. fireworks. Easter, fireworks. Why, people? <laughs> um, she had to have a broken nail removed, her gastrointestinal issues, and then her surgeries are she had a luxating patella that was about 5,000, her cruciate surgery, which I sometimes referred to as an ACL because it's mm-hmm. equivalent in a human about. Mm-hmm. So her cruciate was about 7,000, 8,000. And, and the nice thing was I could do laser treatments, yes. which I personally would not have been able to afford to do if I was paying for that out of pocket. It 
increased her healing time so much. Mm-hmm. It was such a game changer for her healing. Yeah. And then most recently her torn meniscus was um was about 3000 and we had to do a cancer check with that which was another $1200. So basically um, Lucy has go go gadget knees. Well, no, cuz they when she, when they had to fix her meniscus oh. they took out all her her Oh, that's um, right, her hardware. Hardware. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that's just like a few things that she's been in. I know my friends don't have these issues, but realistically, a bee sting, like at six o'clock at night when all the bets are closed, that could happen to anyone. For sure. Like, and you're you're looking at a thousand dollar vet yeah. bill easily. Because it was, it was an emergency vet, and her face was like four times its normal size. Yeah. She went out. She went out the doggy door and she was normal and she came back 20 minutes later and I was like, I have a Sharpay. (laughs) It's not funny, but it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. The, even the vet tech said, is she a Sharpay mix? I said, no. And she goes, oh, we we will rush her right in. (laughs) But it, it, but seriously, it, it is, I think it is a valid point, you know, I talk about the orthopedic stuff and, you know, whatever, because that's just where my head goes, but you're right. All, it doesn't just have to be genetic stuff. You know, I have a friend whose little bulldog under a year old, I believe she was, who did a dumb jump and broke her leg. That was a very pricey surgery. And you have, you know, freak things happen all of the time. Yeah. And those freak things are expensive. If you are thinking, well, I don't know if insurance is worth it or, oh, well, my dog's so healthy. You know, I, I, I understand if you're thinking that way. And if you're in a great financial position, I say great for you, but also your financial position can change whenever. And that's not like doom and gloom, like any type of situation, but just to think realistically. And then if you calculate, so the average monthly cost for an adult dog is $56 a month. And that's according to a Forbes article. So that should be pretty valid calculations there. And when you look at that, if we had insured Remy when she first came to us, then we would have spent $1,344 in premiums by the time she blew her back. And her bill was $8,000. You know, when you just kind of calculate that, you start to really wonder. I think more importantly than anything is like we talked about, it takes the worry off the table and it allows you to focus on what is going on with your pet. And it allows you to be a teammate with your veterinarian and really dig in. And try to figure out what is going on, especially when it's something that is a questionable, you know, when we don't exactly know exactly what the issue Mm -hmm. is. So it allows you to be a teammate with your veterinarian. And Mm -hmm. we are lucky enough to have a good friend who's a wonderful vet. And if she has taught me anything, it is that when you take your dog in and there's something wrong and you have no idea what exactly the cause is, you want to be able to start at the top and start ruling things out to figure it out. But sometimes that diagnosis process 
is it takes x-rays, it takes blood work, it takes a CT scan, you know, all of these different things. And all of that stuff adds up because it's all individual types of diagnostics. I want to be able to do that. I, I want to be able to, you know, if I take, well, I don't have a girl dog right now, but if I want to, if I take my girl dog in and she, I think she has a UTI, I don't want to have to question if I send that out to the lab for culture versus just looking at it in-house. I want to send it out to culture. And I want to know that the antibiotics we're putting her on are the right ones from the get-go. You know, if Tater has an ear infection, there again, I want to send it out to culture because he's had a staph infection before and we want to put him on the right meds. And I don't want to have to make that choice between feeling good about the care that I'm giving to my pet versus not because of a financial restraint. Yeah. And I, I think, I mean, I hear so often like from family members, you know, my uncles, they, they love their pets, but often they'll say things like, you know, and the vet just wants to run all these expensive tests. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, because there's not, it's not like a human who can say, you know what, it hurts right here, but not like yeah. if you bend my knee, just like it just kind of hurts. Like, or, it's oh, it's a stabbing pain of, versus a dull yeah. pain versus yeah. a throbbing well, pain. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. can't, animals can't tell you that. So you do have to run all the tests. And sometimes the test that works on 99% of the dogs doesn't work to reveal what the problem is for your dog. The gastrointestinal stuff Lucy's going through right now. I mean, my vet was like, what do you mean that that first antibiotic didn't work? Yeah, That works for everybody. What do you mean it didn't work? And she's like, what's happening right now? Because Lucy likes to keep you guessing. Yes. Yeah. She's Lucy's like our mystery. She keeps us on our toes. Yeah. I think one, it allows you to have a relationship with your vet. If you do think your vet is just a money grubber, find a new vet, find yeah. somebody you can build a relationship with for your dog's care. Cause I can't for your, imagine for you and for your vet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't imagine not loving my vet. Like I, and I can't imagine Lucy not loving. Yes. And I understand that's not the case. Lucy's very nervous going into the vet, but she does love our our vet individually. And so I I just think you should, yeah, you want to find somebody you can partner with. And and I think the veterinary field, I mean, they have such a high suicide rate. Mm-hmm. And and I don't I don't think people realize that one. Number and one. I don't think they realize that when they demand discounts or or demand, you know, well, I rescued this dog. You should give me a discount because I'm a good person or I'm fostering. So you should give me a discount. Yeah. They still have student loans to pay. They still have all the costs that are associated with the yep. business. This and is, why yeah. shouldn't they get paid for their expertise? Yeah. And they should. They absolutely yeah. should. And I know it's frustrating. Like when we were trying to figure out Lucy's meniscus tear, I went to her, spe- a specialist who had done her TPLO surgery and I had to pay the consult fee, which was $250. Mm-hmm. And the vet literally said, I don't know what's wrong mm-hmm. for $250. Mm-hmm. That That is frustrating. And I understand that. She gave me lots of options. She said, okay, we can do this, we can do this, or we can do this. But for $250, it was very much a, I don't know what's wrong. We can do exploratory surgery, basically. Or you can try these other things and see if it helps. Yeah. And so we did try some other things and nothing helped. So we did the surgery and what do you know? Uh, It was a meniscus meniscus tear. 
but she did set me on the right path. But I understand that that if that was out of pocket, that would be frustrating because it cost me close to $3,000 just to figure out what was wrong with her. Yeah. Trying lots of different things. And because Lucy likes to keep us on our toes, she also completely separate started having a reaction to medication. She had belly fever and then had a reaction to medication. And so we we were not sure if they were all related or all separate. And of course, in good old Lucy fashion, they were separate. So of course. We were trying to originally diagnose everything as one, as under the same umbrella. And then when we started partitioning it out, we realized there were several separate issues happening at once. But you didn't have the financial restraint right of worrying about how you're going to pay to figure that all yes. out it is off your mind and off your heart yes. and you can just do what is best for your pet and you guys i do not have $5200 in 6 weeks to to just spend on my dog like that's not an amount that i can easily come up with to spend on my dog do you know what it we is do? an amount that i have in a separate account that i that I can then replace when the insurance comes back in. In our household, because I have two dogs who are not insured. Yes. Who are money pits. And one is from a breeder and one is from a rescue. But anyway, so we have care credit, which we use. And I always pick the 0% option. And then we pay it off, you know, within whatever the time limit is, depending on the size of the bill. Uh, so twice a year, I get a triple pay month. So that triple pay month doesn't exist in my brain because I know <laughs> that twice a year, I'm going to have to put a lump sum on care credit to pay off whatever dog bill is existing and left over. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm just like yes. that that's that's not like get ahead money. That's just like that's dog money, right? Mm -hmm. So I essentially, you know, whatever the bill is, I just calculate it out over whatever I have to pay for that zero percent period. And then I just take that extra pay twice a year and lump it right on there. And that's the way we live. But I also get that it's a luxury that we're able to do that, right? Yeah. Um, but having said all of that, my next puppy is absolutely going to be insured from day one. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet what company I will use. I think that I will do current research whenever this dog actually, yeah. by the grace of God, shows up. Uh, <laughs> That's a joke because I've been waiting for years, everyone. My thought process is I will pick a plan that makes sense for us at that time, but I am going to be going with a French bulldog. And so of course I have to go with a breed that tends to have some health issues. And although I'm going to a great breeder who does all kinds of health testing, blah, blah, blah. Like, let's just talk about Tiago. So I am going to... You know, we talk about stacking the deck in our favor a lot. I'm going to stack the yeah. deck in my favor. I'm going to insure yeah. my puppy from day one. I'm going to take the financial situation off the table. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to worry for that dog's life how I'm going to pay for the care. And I might actually get a little ahead because I won't be paying dog bills. No, that's not a thing. <laughs> you're still going to be paying for two other dogs. <laughs> right, because Tiago's going to live forever. 
Yes. Yeah. And so is Tater. Oh, wow. That's so kind of you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but seriously, I told Christy that when she wanted to talk about this subject, I was like, oh God, you want me to like bear my fan- financial soul? Because I have spent a small fortune on Tiago. I would never take that back. But I also understand that I'm, Jared and I are in the unique position that we were able to do it. And a huge piece of that is that we don't have children. So that makes that a really more, a more attainable expense for us. But by no means has it been easy. 2019, we actually named the year of medical. We made a joke because in May, Tiago had his first elbow surgery and stem cell treatment, and that was over $5,000. And then August, Tater had both his eyes done because he had entropion, and that was $3,000. Then he also had TPLO and luxating patella surgery that December, or reverse that. It was knee surgery in August and eyes in December. And that his knee surgery was almost $6,000. In fact, Tater went to the orthopedic surgeon for a consult and the ophthalmologist on the same day. 2019, the year of medical, it was heinous. We obviously, I mean, we're doing a damn podcast about dogs. Like we love our dogs and we want everyone to not have to worry about how they're going to take care of them and have to make choices that are harder than what they need to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know I've had two separate friends. One was a boxer that I used to uh, dox it and she didn't want the boxer to scrape at the new French doors. So in her mind, she, she let her out and she put a little like baby gate, an X pen around the French Mm -hmm. door. So no scratchies. Unfortunately, the dog did not get the memo and like tried to jump over, but ended up getting entangled and broke her leg um, pretty severely. And so they did the surgery, they paid a lot of money and they had to do like an outside exo kind of brace for it, for the break, because it was pretty bad. She also got her hardware caught (gasps) and rebroke her leg. No. Right. Because what can you do? Like you put a dog in a kennel or, you know, and they followed the vet recommendations. She got it caught. She rebroke her leg. (gasps) So they took her back in. It wasn't healing. They finally had to say, we have a newborn. Yes. And at this point, if anything goes wrong with our newborn, we don't have any money yes. to care for our own child. We have to call it. And so they told the vet, we have to put our dog to sleep. Yeah. Um, Cause we have no more money. And luckily the vet said, sign her over. We will actually, we just love her. We'll, we'll find her a new home. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually tried to call the vet and tried to adopt her. Tried to get her. They realized there was a connection and they said, no, um, <laughs> I offered to bring toys for the new owners. Yes. Yeah. I was like, I still have some of her toys. I love her so much, but I have another friend who was going through medical things with her, her daughter who was having seizures, they were spending tens of thousands of dollars Mm. in medical and their dog tore both cruciates at the same time. Oh God. And could not walk on her back legs and rushed her into the vet. And it was going to be this crazy surgery. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, 
I don't, I don't have that kind of money. Like my daughter is at the doctor and you know, we are at the doctor like three times a week right now. Like we don't have that kind of extra money. And so luckily she, that was Penny, my dog. I, I, yeah, fostered and love. And luckily she, they did a lot of rest and uh, just did home uh, stuff. That's what we did with Layla. Yeah. And she was able to recover, which is amazing, but yeah, they really were at a point where they had to make that tough decision of, I have to put my dog to sleep. I know either one of them, if they knew about insurance at that time, would have had insurance on them because the $50 a month versus $8,000 in surgeries. Yeah. So I think I just kind of like, I feel passionate about getting the word out there so that people Mm -hmm. don't have to make those horrible decisions Mm -hmm. or even if you don't have to make that decision, you don't have to drain your bank account for, mm-hmm. you know, your dad getting into pills and, and now they're at the emergency bed mm-hmm. overnight. Guys, that's expensive. Like it's your yeah. dog is staying overnight with minimal care. You're at a thousand bucks. Minimal. Right off the bat. Yeah. Right off yeah. the bat. And you know what else I just thought of Christy? It's slightly off topic, but related something that you can do to mitigate some costs if you are in the situation like I am where I'm like I'm in too deep I like with these two dogs <laughs> I have every pre-exist yeah. possible right so I'm kind of stuck where I am right now but I will do some small things to try to mitigate the cost for them so for example I do shop their medications around I mm-hmm. do shop their supplements around I will buy in bulk when it when possible And the other thing I will do is, so if I have a situation where I take my dog, one of the dogs to the vet, and it is non-emergent, okay? So the vet says, hey, I think that we should try this this medication, but it's non-emergent. I will ask them to write me a script, and I will call it around versus buying it from the vet's office. Now, if it's emergent, I'm buying it, okay? Okay. Yeah, of course. But- you, there are so many crossover medications at this point from human to dog, and we are not veterinarians. We are not pharmacists. We're giving you our experience, but I absolutely have shopped around drugs and I have been able to find them at really good deals. Some of them are on the $10 Walmart list. Some of them you can get under a generic. So ask your veterinarian, do not be too proud to say to your vet, Hey, I'm in a, in a pinch here. Is there anything that we can do as an alternative because I don't have insurance or is there another drug that we could possibly try? I'm not saying short your dog on care, but there might be something you can do as simple as asking for a script and going to Walmart and having it filled that could save you a good amount of money. And I just, honestly, that's like part of my go-to. I don't buy my drugs from vets, like, unless it is an emergency situation. Yeah. Because it does save you a lot of money. Yeah. And I did not know until I met you, Heather, and, uh, you know, Christina, that I could do that. And then, um, no, I just thought you had to get your vet meds at the vet. Like, come on. Also, good RS. Um, Just like people, you can use that app for your dog drugs. I didn't know that either. And then my vet, my current vet, and then um, Christina both said, you know, you could buy this here or may I suggest, you know, Walmart has it much cheaper. Um, Costco has it different. They would suggest different things. Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe so check just, here, maybe check there. I wanted to mention that because it is something that I do to try to mitigate yeah. some of the costs so that when the big things come up, it's a little bit easier to handle because I've saved the dollars going month by month. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When considering insurance, I know we talked about um, thinking out through what they cover Yeah, and when. I would be cautious one thing that some veterinary chains have what they call wellness plans. And I feel like this is um, a newer thing that's coming about. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with, you know, maybe like Banfield or or something similar like that. They'll have a wellness plan. So there's some benefits to those. And then there's some things to be aware of. Like one of the benefits is if you have a new puppy, it's going to cover things like a spay and neuter, depending on what plan you get, what wellness plan and shots and those things. Typical insurance is not going to cover your wellness. So I personally take Lucy to typically to Vetco for shots because they're at cost without a a fee, or I lump them in when I'm doing something else because Lucy's at the vet all the time now. So we just throw them into another vet cost. Most insurances aren't going to cover those things like, and they're not going to cover a spay and neuter. And that's expensive. I did not realize how expensive it was. Oh yeah. Especially a spay. Those are some costs to consider. The nice thing is some of these chain veterinary practices have coverage for those things. What I would caution you about is they will not cover if your dog has an emergency and they are not open. So Lucy has been to the emergency vet and had that emergency vet covered probably five times. Oh my gosh. Um, Tiago's been to the ER for, yeah. And Tater. Yeah. For the GI episodes. Come on, you have a dog, like, you're going to go to the ER at some point. Don't, if your dog's throwing up, please don't take them to the ER. I'm talking about like chronic cannot stop to the point of bleeding out of his mouth, just yes. to be clear. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. And like Lucy's hematoma, like her ear was purple. I was very concerned. Yeah. It was going to explode. I did I've not know what to do. I've seen a hematoma explode and I yeah. literally was scrolling and thought it was a murder scene. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was friends with that person. It never it was terrible. It. So I had that seared in my mind when I was yeah. looking at Lucy's hematoma. So I felt and it was over Christmas and oh, I couldn't get course. into a regular vet for nearly a week. I bit the bullet and went to the emergency vet and they said wait for your regular vet. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. again I understand why things can be frustrating, but but we took money off the table. Well, and the other Um, thing to consider for those wellness plans is that is your primary vet, just like your primary care physician. So it doesn't have anything to do with any sort of specialty. Yes. When you're thinking about, yeah, when you're thinking about, hey, oh, great, let me invest in this wellness plan you would be better off investing that money into an insurance because your insurance is going to cover any emergencies, freak accidents, genetic issues, orthopedic crap. You know, it's the whole gamut. I know my current vet, she started, when I started going to her, she was at a chain veterinary establishment and then she moved and I was able to just move with her. Mm -hmm. Each time she moves, let me be clear. She is not poaching clients. 
I track her down. She is a personal friend of mine and I track her down and say, Did you move has, again? Like, just so you know, she has a GPS tracker on her car and finds out. No. <laughs> right. I will find you. It's been a relief to be able to go with her from yeah. veterinary practice to veterinary practice and not be limited by a wellness plan that only covers yes. this one brand of veterinary care. Yeah. My other caution. It's a good point. Yeah. Cool. I do understand it's it's nice to have your shots paid for and yeah. your spay neuter, those types of things. But I also like to make my own informed individual choices about how I move yes. forward with my care versus mm-hmm. it just being, hey, this is the wellness plan and this is how we're moving forward too. Mm-hmm. Okay. We probably pissed some people off there, but hey, that's all right. Some things to consider in the way of discounts, because this is not all about spending your money. Christy already mentioned that you might get a group discount at work. So absolutely look into that. Christy is with Nationwide. And then if if your work doesn't have it, maybe ask your HR if they're willing to do that, because it it doesn't cost your company anything to do that. It's just just a group group discount. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, as people are more and more interested in their care for their pets and pets are more and more a part of our lives, you never know. Your coworkers are really going to love you if you hook them up with a group discount. And then something else to consider and ask about is an annual pay discount. If there's a, an option to save some money, if you pay your plan upfront, There's military discounts for some companies, and I also wonder if there's first responder discounts. Heck, I would ask. And then when you are thinking about doing an insurance plan, I'm just going to kind of like bullet point some of the things that we already went over. So you want to consider your deductible that you're comfortable with. You want to consider the amount that is going to be covered. You know, are you at a 70% payout, 80% payout, et cetera? You want to consider your animal's overall health. Hey, also insurance for cats too. But we always talk about this is not a cat podcast. I know it's not, but I just wanted to say that. And they have insurance for horses. Do they? Yes. Because my horse care is really expensive. Yeah. My vet has a very expensive horse, like expensive veterinarily. Wow. We're not horse people, but there you go. Yeah. She doesn't do equine. Tell them, yes, you want to look at what makes sense in your financial picture, but don't just look at today. Look at the larger picture. Think about how much you've, how much you've spent. I mean, it's kind of depressing, but I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you to do it. Really sit down and think about how much you have spent on medical bills for your pets, and then consider if you've ever had to make a choice about medical care for your pets, and you had to make that choice with the financial restraint. Think about if you didn't have that restraint there, what would it have meant? And that's not to make you feel shitty. It's just that's real world, right? Then in addition to it, think about what it would mean in regards to your partnership with your veterinary team and how many options it puts on the table in regards to your pet's care just over their lifetime. They do get older. They do have things happen. They do. We have freak accidents. We have everything. Unfortunately, the odds are good that at some point in your pet's life, something pricey is going to happen. Being able to just say yes instead of I'm not sure or no feels a lot better to me. Yeah. I'll be honest. There is some footwork 
to yes, uh, there to is. Get do your research, it. start a spreadsheet. Like, yeah. don't just pick the first one. Ask your friends what yes if they like theirs and how they've been to work with too. I agree because one one of the ones top on the top of my list is one that two of our friends use, which is Healthy Paws. Again, not sponsored, but hey, one the number one thing that they tell me is that they are so quick to reimburse, and it's all done through a mobile app, and it's so so simple, and the money's direct deposited so quickly. I agree. Ask your friends. Yeah, and I don't know much about True Panion. They do pay the vet directly. Oh, do they? If I remember right, they were a bit more expensive, but that might be, you know, worth it to you. Yeah. So just look over your options. And I will say one other thing that has been really nice with the insurance is Lucy's gotten more nervous at the vet. <laughs> She's been poked and prodded a lot. <laughs> I get it. It's nice to have the vet uncomfortably say something like, do you think she needs to be sedated? Yeah. Hoping. Yeah. Praying, I'll yeah. say, yes, I'm on board with that and that they're not going to have to wrestle her for yeah. the next two hours. And I can just say, yeah, yes. let's sedate her because that's that's going to be what's easiest for her. That's yeah. what's going to be easiest for the vet team. Let's do that yeah. and take yeah. that right off the table. Do you realize that that means we have said that veterinarians that we know utilize insurance for their animals? Yes. So there you go. All right, everyone. Thank you once again. We hope that this was informative and helpful. And I would say if you have experience with insurance, please like give us a shout out and give us your experiences because I would love to be able to share once our episode goes live and just give some some people some more food for thought. Yeah. Yeah. And visit us over on Instagram too. Oh, um, yeah. Let us know what your, your experiences have been. Oh yeah. What's our Instagram, Christy? Sometimes there's side eye. And don't forget to share us rate us, subscribe, subscribe, and we are dropping new episodes every other Thursday. So we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.